Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice. And I'm Chris Bartlett, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. All right, guys, did y'all see what happened there? I finally got to a chance to be Dude 1, and Chris had no idea what to do with Dude 2. <laughs> okay, so we're right. just going to skip through the worked. intro. I'm going to keep going, Chris. I'm going to keep going. We both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have just about seen it all. A horchata. Horchata is the name of, it's called Spanish rice milk. It's called horchata. That's from two podcasts ago. It. We found it, yeah. So, um, awesome. special thanks to Alob for the intro music. We got a link for his uh, music down in the show notes. Um, and we've actually got a special uh, show today. We've got a guest with us. So, his name is David Thies. Yeah. And, uh, Are you going to pitch it to me? Are you pitching it to Dave? I, I was going to let you. Uh, you're dude one. You're supposed to introduce. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Wow, this is a, the one of our best intro, intros. We got a lot of praise for our, the last intro that was as messy as this one, so they may, they may just love this one. Sure. All right, so I met David Thies, um, oh, it had to have been six, seven years ago, um, when we had uh, our one of our first ever, you know, Revive Youth Rallies, and we brought in a whole bunch of musicians from around the area to, to come and play, and after we looked at the lineup, it was really funny. It was like Soundwave and the Daves because we had David Thies, David Casper, Dave Moore, and Soundwave, and it just cracked me up. But Dave, why don't you tell everybody who you are, how you got into ministry, and what's your favorite thing about ministry? Right. So I live here in Houston with my wife and one daughter. I work at a parish, St. Cecilia, and I've been here seven years. I was in a life teen parish growing up, loved it, loved everything about it. But I also saw some things I didn't love. And so I was like, I want to do music, but I don't want to do worship music. I don't want to do Christian music. So I went to college in New Orleans for music, studied music, uh, loved it. And then uh, traveled around, played gigs. But then I also got invited to play music for churches. And I always found that like people were way more receptive to listening to my songs in churches rather than bars and clubs. So I started doing more church gigs, and then I was like, I really like these church people and playing for them. So I started doing that, and then went back to school, got a master's in theology, and just started working for the church, um, and love it. Awesome, awesome. Now, you've been a listener of the podcast since its inception. Love it. Um, yes, and uh, one of the things that you suggested was actually the topic that we had last week was um, Sunday. Like, how do we as ministers keep holy the Sabbath? So thank you for that suggestion, first of all. Um, we want to dive into that a little bit more and kind of uh, allow you to kind of wrestle with it. And before the show, we were talking about a couple of things. And one piece that we kind of implied was that the Sabbath is not transferable, right? So if you're working on a Sunday, you should try and make that Sunday, that workday, as holy as possible, as set apart. You know, Sabbath, uh, holy means set apart, as set apart as possible. But but you wanted to give a little pushback on that. So I'd love to hear, what what are your thoughts in regards to... How do you go ahead and manage a Sabbath as a as a minister, as someone who has to work on Sunday? So, yeah, I don't go into work first thing in the morning, so that's the first part. I do have some quiet prayer time with my family on Sunday mornings. My wife and I like to go for walks and just have a quiet morning with our coffee. So we do have rest on Sunday morning, but we have 400 teens coming to ministry night on Sunday night, and that all takes, you know, set up. For games set up for the air conditioning the lights the, everything that goes into putting on an awesome ministry night that needs to be valued right so there's work that has to happen to make ministry happen 
it doesn't just happen. I won't just, I can't show up at seven when everyone else shows up, right? I have to do all right. the groundwork. So yeah, it takes literally sweat and running. Um, and I have to psych myself up for that and wear comfortable shoes um, and all that good stuff. But you know, that's when our teens are available is Sunday nights. They don't have sports. They don't have drama. They don't have homework. So I can't say like, well, I would love a peaceful, restful Sunday. I kind of see myself as a sacrificial lamb, so to speak, that I will offer this work for the good of the people uh, as, as priests do, right? Priests don't take off Sunday. Uh, they, right. they, they work and their work has a liturgical aspect, of course, but they're not like drinking their coffee and just reading the word. Like it is a, it is a work day for them. So for yeah. me as a ministry leader, um, I offer my work and my life on Sunday and my sweat. And I, I do believe it does look different that I'm not doing the grunt work. I'm not booking buses on Sundays. I'm not planning a retreat on Sundays. But yeah, there is a lot of grind and work that happens on Sunday. Because that's when the kids are available. And so it can't be about like, well, David wants to rest on Sunday. And then we'll have ministry on Wednesday when no one's available. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, it's hard to transfer that ministry event to another day of the week, but it's also hard to, and this is one of the things I mentioned at the, at the end of the other podcast was, uh, is it really just semantics, you know, to say that we're doing ministry, not work? Um, because like what you're saying, David, is it, there's still work, you know, there's still like setting out the chairs, mopping the floor. I mean, all these other things that go into the day that you can't necessarily do the day before or the day after as best you can. Cause that's one of the things we mentioned was do all that stuff the day before and do the rest of the stuff the day after, but you really can't do that, you know, for everything. And so you are doing work to some extent. Now, Chris, you may argue that that, that type of work is still ministry. And so, but this tension, what we're wrestling with and what you're talking about, David, being the sacrificial lamb is what is why we're talking about this because as as people in ministry all of us and i think from priests on down all of us wrestle with this idea you know am i keeping the sabbath holy and is the sabbath transferable all that kind of stuff so, so. and i think there's a distinction between keeping the sabbath holy and a day of rest right and so we look back to genesis and on the seventh day god rested i believe that the day of rest is transferable that we can go ahead and rest on a different day and still honor the cycle, the seasons of life that, uh, that, that God modeled for us, right? However, the Sabbath is a, a day that's holy, and I, I believe that we can still honor a day that's set apart as ministry leaders. And not only that, in the sacrificial lamb type of analogy, I think that we uh, lead the charge in helping the day be set apart for others as well. Yeah, so in my own life, it's worked out that my wife and I are both off on Mondays, and Mondays is our day of rest. So for us, that means uh, going to the gym, hanging out, doing nothing, having friends over for dinner, real simple stuff. And Sundays, obviously, is none, <laughs> there is no, um, None of that social time, quiet time, just the two of us reconnecting. That's reserved for Mondays. Um, and that's been really beautiful for us to put that into practice, that Monday is our turn off the phone, don't look at 
emails, don't look at work stuff. Mondays is set apart for our marriage. Mondays is set apart for our own hearts. Yeah. So you you do think that the day of rest is transferable. You had talked about the, the keeping the Sabbath holy and that transferability. Um, what was it that what were the, you had a couple of points that you wanted to talk about with regards to that? Well, um, just that our society is so busy. I mean, when I look at like the different types of teens, you know, there's wallflower teens, there's very sports connected teens, there's teens that are really focused on their academics, there's socially awkward teens. There's Fortnite. Yeah, there's that addiction, (laughs) which like I was talking to a college kid just this past week and he said his grades were great in the fall semester. And then Fortnite came out this past spring and his grades tanked because Fortnite (laughs) came out. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So obviously the over busyness and the overburdening. And then you ask, am I that too? Right. Am I, am I set apart? Am I a person of peace? Am I a person of rest? Or am I just an addict of busyness as everyone else? And I did a little self-study. I did. Uh, I downloaded an app called Realize where it tells you how much you're on your phone and how much you're spending time on your phone just to like see what is my phone consumption look like. Do, am I an addict just like a teenager? And I found out that uh, I'm, I'm not probably as bad, but on work days, on days that I was at the office and stuff, I was on my phone two to three hours, which is like, that's a lot of a day spent on Instagram and texting people and work related stuff. But talk about bad for your heart and your soul. But the good mm-hmm. side of using that app and realizing that just time management and time lost was on my days off. I was on my phone like seven minutes sometimes. <laughs> I was like, wow. that's awesome. Like on my days off, I'm not even looking at my phone. I'm just spending time with my wife and daughter and family and reading and in nature. Um, yeah, I would like to say that I want to I want to install that app and look for myself. But <laughs> like, if you're at seven minutes, there's no way I'm anywhere near that. But then, what? Well, after a while, I was like, all right, I need to just delete this app too, because then the app was just like discouraging. And then I was looking at the app and like that counts as like app time. time. So yeah, so I deleted the app, but it was a good self-awareness too. And to come back to that, to, to detox myself from technology. You know, I want to draw out a point that you made just a few moments ago. There's this tension that exists uh, between work and rest. And there is a dignity of work, right? Uh, so the encyclical Rerum Novarum and, and all that that talks about the dignity of work. But at the same time, the busyness that overcomes it, and then all of a sudden we become human doings instead of human beings. And so how, how do we go ahead and navigate that reality when it's okay, like on a day of rest, to go ahead and make your bed? That's not a bad thing. And, and yes, sometimes if, you know, it, it's work or whatever, but it's not the same as... Um, as, as, you know, mowing the lawn or as, you know, uh, doing your accounting or whatever it is. But there is also something that feels good when you go ahead and you mow the lawn and you look and you're like, I just conquered the lawn. Like, I feel productive. I feel there's something about it. And I think it's innate in human nature, but particularly as men, there's something about, okay, I have completed something that I did with my hands and I'm, I, I, there's, there's a fulfillment in that. 
where does that attention exist in regards to the day of rest? What what, what man was uh, made for the Sabbath or was Sabbath made for man? You know, how does that, uh, how, how do we navigate that in regards to what can we do on a day of rest? Yeah, I mean, I went to daily mass yesterday, so that was a Thursday. Oh, that was so good for my heart and soul because when I go to mass at the church I work at, there's, <laughs> I mean, I am you know, an employee of the church. So questions come up, people are always talking to me and I get, I get all my energy gets depleted from pouring out. So I went to a different church where I don't work and just got to listen to the homily, receive, receive the Eucharist. So good for my heart to just be an anonymous person at a church down the road. Is that, I didn't even know what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good thought. I, I had the same thing. I mean, that that may be a whole nother topic for a, another podcast. But you know, wrestling with that, you know, every time I I can't pray at the place that I work, um, you know, and I don't know. Like I'm I'm sure that there are a lot of ministry leaders out there who have that that feeling that they that they have really deep moments of prayer in other churches that aren't there where they're working, and then they have fairly superficial moments of prayer you know, at the place of work because they're thinking about work because they're in their environment of work and other people are asking them job-related questions. So, yeah, that, that would be something to talk about. But, that Chris, what was your question? Because that was not... So there's a dignity of work, right? The church talks about the dignity of work. There's a, a fulfillment in producing, like in being productive, and yet day of rest is different. Um, and how, how do we go ahead and navigate that? Because sometimes... Day of rest turns into day of sloth. You know what I mean? Ah, let's just order a pizza. Kids just eat cereal off the floor. Like, let's just not do anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, but there is. So so how, how do you go ahead and make a day of rest set apart when there's also logistics that, that come in running running your household, running your life? And uh, and, and then sometimes, and uh, David, I'm, I think that you're an anomaly for only using your phone seven minutes a day on your day off. I think that's amazing. Um, but there's times where ministry finds us on our day off, and uh, and sometimes we, we lack the self-control or the prudence to turn away, and sometimes it's prudent to go ahead and reach out to the family that just lost just lost a relative and talk to the teen, you know, as they're going through that. So so, so what, does, what does that look like in regards to yes. a day of rest? So the scripture that I was thinking of when we're talking about this topic is Jesus shows up to the temple. There's a man with a withered hand. And everyone's like, what's he going to do? Is he going to do something good on the day of the Sabbath, you know? And they ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, if your sheep falls into a pit, will you not go get it? Will you not get it out, right? So, and then Jesus asked the question, which is lawful, to do good or to do evil? Well, always do good, right? That's not like, yeah. it's not like <laughs> Jesus is like, do, do evil ever. Always do good. But that we offer a ministry of healing and healing doesn't happen in nine to five. That is the best time. It's like, I would love a team <laughs> to show up at 10 AM on a Tuesday, but they're in school. Right. But they are yep. showing up on Sunday. And so healing can happen on, uh, should happen on Sundays because the church is this place of healing, right? It's the hospital of the soul. And they're there on Sundays, and they're receiving the Eucharist on Sundays, which is the greatest form of healing for the heart and soul. 
And then flowing from that, they receive the Eucharist. Then they show up to a ministry night where they uh, encounter myself or our volunteers, our core team members that are trained ministers of healing and hospitality to receive further healing. So this all happens on Sundays. Sunday is a day of healing for the whole church, right? So I always tell parents that Sunday should be your first day of the week, not the last day, right? So many of our parents, even our good quote unquote parents, right? Like view Sunday as like, well, if I get all my chores done, if I get all my work done, if we get everything done, then we'll make it to mass. But rather like starting the week with mass, let Jesus be your food for the whole week flowing from there. And make your plan for the week, like you make your lunches, you, you pre-cook your meals, you do everything that you might have an awesome week flowing from Sunday, not the other day, like I'm drained. I, you know, God asks us that we give him our first and our best. And so many times we're giving him just like our leftovers, right? Our leftover, like here's here's all I got left, God. And he takes that and he does good with our leftovers, um, but he's worthy of our best. Um, that was, I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. I think that it's important to recognize that, uh, it's just the, the one piece I want to showcase from that is that God takes whatever we offer, right? So if we're giving him our leftovers, um, and <laughs> sometimes the leftovers we give God are, are green and moldy, you know, and God does amazing things with it, that, uh, that that is part of uh, a recognition that even if, um, we're drained even if, and this is maybe a different podcast as well. And we keep saying that, but like God will take whatever we offer him and he will multiply it. And so showing up is an important piece and we can, we can show up broken. We can show up, we can show up healed. We can show up, um, we can show up distracted and God will take that and multiply those efforts. I think that the church should be open and available and doing good on the sabbath right so if people are showing up let's give them like not just like the eucharist let's give them like music let's give them joy let's give them community these all these other aspects of healing too that require like i said work so our ministry nights on sundays also always have a meal come yep a meal added to our ministry night. So there's fellowship, there's community, all these other things that I would describe as part of theology of the body too, that we're like healing the whole person that is body, mind, and spirit. We're not just like, here's the Eucharist and you came to mass and the, it's this crazy dynamic that the Eucharist is all we need truly, (laughs) but the Eucharist comes from this community of the church and people are lacking community, right? They're lacking fellowship and true friendship. That's why there's such a connection for social media and people spending so much time on their devices because they're the longing of their heart is to be connected and to have, and to be loved and to love. That's what everyone is looking for when they turn on their social media is like, I want to be loved. I want to give love. That's the purpose of my life is to give and receive love. And so we need to offer that in a human way with real touch, right? With a real sidearm hug, the youth minister side hug. <laughs> we need to, we need to, dude, I'd, 
I love that hug. That's one of the tools in my bag is like, this kid needs love. This core team member needs love. These people need love and they're here. They're here now. Let's, let's, the priest is going to give them the Eucharist. What is my gift to offer? I'm going to listen. I'm going to offer my sidearm hug. I'm going to give that high five, that fist bump and words of affirmation because they're here now and I might not see them on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I like that. One of the things that I'm going to take away from this, and I'm really glad that we did this, David, because I the just the idea of Sunday being a day of healing, you know, and that may have been kind of the idea that Chris was getting at when he talked about Sunday being a day of ministry, not a day of work. But I really like that that pinpoint focus on a day of healing and focusing on like every little thing that we do throughout that day is orchestrated towards that. Even if we're setting up the chairs, we're setting up the chairs so that it's an environment for healing. Amen. I like that. The other piece that goes along with that is if your ministry doesn't flow from the Eucharist or flow into the Eucharist, you know, maybe maybe your youth program meets before a mass or something like that. If it doesn't flow into the Eucharist or flow from the Eucharist, you probably shouldn't have it on Sunday. But after listening, I'm like, well, maybe you probably shouldn't have the ministry at all. If it doesn't flow from the Eucharist, then maybe you shouldn't have the ministry at all. And that's something worth considering of like, let's examine our, our ministry in light of uh, in light of the Mass. And if it's not at service of the Mass, or if it doesn't kind of have the Mass as a springboard into what it does, then, then we're probably doing something that's a little disordered. Chris, when did you become a like a 20-year smoker? Because your voice there for a little bit sounded really... <laughs> smoker as you sound like this. I have... I ha- it's a phlegm. It's a phlegm in my throat. And uh, I don't know what it is. I was fine this morning, and now here I am. And it sounds like I literally just got out of bed, and I, yeah. I didn't. I know Matt Rice literally just got out of bed, but I did not. So, um. All right. Well, we're coming to the end. David, we, one of the things we like to do you know, at the end is not just focus on kind of the problem and wrestling through that, but we want to give people practical steps moving forward or practical solutions and whatnot. What have you found that has helped you in a way keep that balance of Sunday work, Sunday ministry that we haven't talked about yet that every ministry leader needs to hear? Um, For me on Sundays, I need to ask for help. I shouldn't be doing all the setup and clean up myself. That's a way to burn out and die. Um, So getting help on Sundays to do the ministry well for me is a hard line that Mondays is my day of rest and renewal and recreation, recreating that God, he, <laughs> the church and the teams pulled everything out of me on Sunday and I gave everything. And that Monday, God, my day, my day of rest. So not my day, not my Sabbath, because Sunday is still my Sabbath. I go to mass on Sunday, but my day of rest and renewal on Monday is set apart for him and that he recreates me on Monday. So spending time in nature, reading, spending time with my wife, my daughter, and giving God that time. And God's outside of time, right? The days and hours, they're all human constructs, right? God can recreate me on Monday for my my efforts on Sunday. I like that. Um, A day of recreation, um, a day of rest. Excellent. Chris, anything else? No, that was great. Thank you, David Thies, for uh, joining us at uh, Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook. Uh, look for MLA Podcast. 
twitter.com slash MLA podcast. Uh, check the show notes for Stitcher and uh, Google Play is live. Check the show notes, the snow notes for the link. And uh, you can find us all at mlapodcast.com. And you can email us at mlapodcast at ablazeyouth.org. And please write us a review in iTunes. Share this, with, share this with another ministry leader and subscribe to the podcast. One of the things that we started doing recently on Patreon was having like just one simple question that we asked our guest um, and posting that video on Patreon. So if you want to become a patron and help support the show, help us get better gear and just show that you, hey, you like what we're doing. Um, we give you little things as well. So we're going to have a question for David Thies that we're going to put on our Patreon page. Great. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. And we'll, we'll see, see you next, next week. week. <laughs> and Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Oh, yeah, we messed up the outro as well. All right, guys. God bless. God bless.